This is How Have You Not Seen, a movie podcast where every week we fill in the gaps in each other's cinematic knowledge by asking important questions like, How have you not seen 8th grade? Welcome back, uh, back to school, that is. Uh, <laughs> I'm, that was so fucking annoying the way I just did that. Oh my God. <laughs> it um, was. I'm glad yeah, we're keeping it in it. though. We're oh, keeping yeah, it not. in. We're keeping it in. Uh, I'm your co-host, Carson Betts. And I am your other co-host, Caroline Thompson. Um, this is a movie podcast where every week one of us brings one of our favorite movies the other hasn't seen. We talk about it. And then we go and watch the movie. Then we talk about it some more. It's, it's going to be, oh, it's going to be so fucking it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time, everyone. Is it? It's going to be a good time. I guess I haven't seen okay. this movie since it came out, but is it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time. Um, okay, let's get into it. Caroline, uh, you know, like I said, doing our back to school series. I was thinking was some movies about school, very intimately about school. Um, and I thought we just did Inside. Let's just do a little little pre prequel to that. So, Caroline, how have you not seen eighth grade that's a very good question so um i when eighth grade came out it was very much not an eighth grade it was very much a college graduate yes um and i was working at like the local art house cinema um i worked there for like um like about a year uh right right out of college Mm -hmm. and this film was playing and it was one of those ones that like just like kept falling through and kept falling through and kept falling through um, and I just never caught it. But also, I have heard from so many people that it's very good. I've heard it's really incredible. But in the intervening years, um, I, I, I have heard that this film is quite, uh, it's kind of a tough watch. Yeah, like it's, it's pretty, you know, it's, it's coming of age story. It's kind of from what I hear, like pulls no punches and is i've heard it's i've heard nothing but great things but i have also heard that it's pretty it can be a tough watch so it's not really been something i've really felt the need to sit down and be like you know what i'm doing today i'm gonna hurt myself a little bit by watching this very upsetting sad movie yeah similarly to inside actually i think if we were not doing it on this podcast i would not re-watch it because it is awkward. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm really curious to see how it holds up, though, especially now, several years later, post-Inside, post-Burnham, having this whole other thing that he did. Um, well, what do you know about Eighth Grade? So, um, it's Elsie Fisher. Yes. Um, in kind of, like, the, the first real role of, of theirs, yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. um cool uh because that was kind of the first place i remember seeing them um and yeah okay so uh it stars lt fisher it's written and directed by bill burnham we haven't said that explicitly but yeah. you know it's uh it's pretty uh you know we've we've mentioned Bo. um i know it is about uh being in the eighth grade which uh i don't know about y'all i i I think I think I think part of the Ooh. part of the thrust of the film is that the eighth grade for most people is like the worst year. 
like ever it's great it's it's one of the worst years of my life one of the worst years yeah it's like like, unless unless there's a very specific like well you know but then when i was a sophomore in high school like yeah like event like uh, that is when i met caroline though so i guess maybe maybe we can't say the best the worst year I mean, it could be the worst year with some good stuff, but thank you. Um, Because I met you in seventh grade, because I mean, you're younger than you. Um, But yeah, like, I think, I think, I think overall, barring extenuating circumstances, if you went to public high school or public school in the United States of America, eighth grade is kind of universally the worst year. Yeah, Um, But so, uh, but I know that it's more modern and I know there's a lot about smartphones and then yeah. about like being like a, a young teen and having a smartphone and having to do social social media in yeah like 2017 like social media apps like uh x and letterbox letterbox yeah. <laughs> um but yeah that's pretty much all i know um i i don't i don't know any other cast i don't really know i don't really know any plots like any plot okay. points like i'm kind of nervous because like part of me is just like because part of me is just like, is this about like, like one specific traumatic event that like encapsulates like that time in all of our lives? Or is this just going to be a film about how ruinous that time of your life is? It's a lot of circumstances. So yeah. I really don't know. The I answer really is know. yes. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The answer is yes. Um, all right, cool. Well, if that is all you know, are you ready for our game this week? I am so ready for uh, the game this week. Hell yes. We are going to be playing Rotten Tomatoes Price is Right. Uh, if you've not heard okay. us play the game before, it is played exactly, it's, it's exactly what it sounds like. Uh, we'll be going uh, in the back half of the episode to Rotten Tomatoes, looking up, uh, I, I should say, I've prepared three movies. Back half of the episode, we'll go look up the uh, critics' consensus score for those three movies on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Caroline and I are going to take guesses as to what those scores are, and the closest without going over wins best two out of three wins the whole thing okay caroline are you ready i am so ready all right first movie as always is the movie that we are discussing this week and that is eighth grade i have heard nothing but good things about this movie like i've literally never heard a bad thing about this movie um so i'm going to go ahead and say i'm gonna say 91 i'm gonna say 91 percent. 91 I'm going to undercut that bit. I'm going to say 85. Okay. Cool. All right. Uh, next movie. High School Musical, Senior Year. Oh, oh God. The One third of my favorite of the movies high, of all time. The third of the High School Musical movies. I truly have no idea. Like, what curve are they grading this thing on? Yeah. Like, um... Oh my goodness. Because uh, I can really see it being... I can't see it being, like, high. I can't see it being, like, in the 90s. Or even, like, I'd be pretty shocked by the 80s. But I could see it being in the 70s. And I could see it being... I could see it being, like, sub-20. I don't think I could see it being sub-10. Yeah. But if it was, like, a 17%, I'd be like... Yeah. Um, I'm going to guess that, critically, this one's probably pretty in the middle of the road... I'm going to go ahead and say 43% for High School Musical 3 senior year. I was thinking very similarly. I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to say 55. I bet you there's enough people who are like, the songs are good. Caroline, you said Um, 43, right? Yes. Awesome. 
third movie, I <laughs> I don't know that this has ever happened on this show before where you choose a movie that then I chose this movie and then I immediately went, wait, is there going to be a critic's consensus for this movie? And I can't look because if there is one, then I know the score. Right. So if this doesn't exist, we'll find some kind of tiebreaker. But what do you mean? Um, like what? Well, okay. <laughs> but, well, Caroline, the movie is, of course, Van Wilder freshman year. Oh my God. <laughs> the prequel to, to Van Wilder. Is this the one that's starring Cal Penn? Or No, that's Rise of Rise of Dodge. Okay. <laughs> I know that. No, this one does not have Ryan Reynolds in it, though, I'll tell you that much. Okay. It doesn't have Ryan Reynolds or Cal Penn. No, neither. Okay. I looked at the cast list, I did not recognize a name. Okay. Um, I'm sure it has something. I'm gonna just go ahead and say uh say sixteen percent. Ooh, okay. 16%. I'm, I'm going to say a cool 20. Okay. Um, I don't think it's going to get any higher than that. Yeah. Um, what if we both busted? I could easily see that happening. <laughs> my, my thinking on that one is that one out of five people uh, had had, like, just enough beers when they were watching this at their home. That's so uh, true. With the press screener that they were like, I don't know, there was boobs. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, thumbs up. Not press screeners. I don't think. Uh, I don't think they were really, uh, really gunning for the review. That's my concern. I've never thought of a movie for this game before and gone. Wait, will there be a critics have enough critics written reviews of this movie that there will be a critics consensus? I don't know. Well, I we're gonna find out. We will find out. We might have. We can just we'll do the audience if the critics doesn't exist. We'll do the audience. Okay, definitely. There, there, I looked it up. There's. I, I have all. I have scores for all three. There's a critics. Okay. 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 Cool. Okay. Cool. Um, oh god. All right. Well, are you ready to go watch eighth grade? Oh, I'm so ready to go watch eighth grade. Fuck yeah! All right, let's do it. Hey everyone, taking a break in the middle of the episode while Caroline and I watch the movie to uh, talk to you about our sponsor this week, and that sponsor is Liquid IV. It's a category-winning hydration brand fueling your well-being, and now it comes in sugar-free flavors. Liquid IV can aid in more effective hydration than water alone using a scientifically and clinically studied zero sugar hydration solution. Now, I know that there's like an incorrect assumption out there that Liquid IV is some kind of sports or energy drink, kind of like, and Corey, you're going to have to bleep this out, or or whatever swill the rocks pedaling nowadays, but it's not. Liquid IV is a hydration multiplier, the result of extensive R&D to create a product that hydrates you more efficiently than water alone and tastes great while doing it. And this is how it works. You get your little pouch of Liquid IV powder, you tear open the top, and you drop it in 16 ounces of water, and you shake it up. And then that water is now much more flavorful and will hydrate you two times as fast as plain water would have. I've used Liquid IV after long walks in the sun or long work days when I forgot to drink water for 10 hours straight, and it works amazingly to get me feeling hydrated. And I'll tell you a secret hack, one rapidly aging millennial to another. 
it's a great preventative measure against hangovers, too. Uh, have you ever listened to an episode of this podcast where it kind of sounds like I've had one too many beers? Yeah? I'm looking at you, Ice Storm episode. I probably drank a liquid IV immediately after we recorded. Nine out of ten times. Uh, so you can get 20% off when you grab your liquid IV hydration multiplier sugar-free or any other variant at liquidiv.com using my coupon code H-H-Y-N-S-P-O-D. That's H-H-Y-N-S-P-O-D at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop better hydration today using promo code H-H-Y-N-S-P-O-D at liquidiv.com. All right, back to the episode. And we're back. Yeah, from from from, from middle school, we're, we're back. I never want to go back to middle school ever Ever, ever again. Me the fuck neither. I no desire. Can I real quickly, Caroline, before we go back to the game, can I can I read for you? I, I already sent this to you. It's more for the audience. Can I read the short interaction I had with my mother? Yes. Last night as I was watching eighth grade. Yes. Okay. Um, so I was texting my mom last night while I was rewatching this movie. And I, when I watched this movie for the first time, I watched it with my mom. We went out and watched it together, uh, and Not I texted her. I'm, film I would have wanted to see with my mom, but. Oh, oh, do you want to be a little bit more emotionally devastated? Yes. During that, uh, that campfire chat at the end? Uh, yeah, just turn to your left and there's your mom. How about that? <laughs> How about that? Um, all right. So I texted her. I'm rewatching eighth grade for the podcast. Do you remember that movie? And she said, I do. It made me so uncomfortable. Gucci. Amazing. Uh, Good job, amazing. You did great. Uh, well, uh, before we get back to the game, Caroline, what do you think? General thoughts? Um, I mean, it's very good. It is a very good movie. It honestly, I will say, maybe just because it has such a reputation for being so devastating. Yeah. I, I honestly, I was expecting it to be worse. I Like, I was expecting it oh. to be... Like, I was kind of expecting it to be, like... Whatever, like... You know, because... I was kind of expecting there to be, like... Some kind of, like... Like... Physical violence or, like... Like, familial trauma, like an actual like like depiction of something and i think with the exception of the scene with the older boy in the car i think with the exception of that scene which is very upsetting like a lot of this movie is but like with the exception of that scene i think part of this film part of the film's power is that like it is like i mean all these things like are scary and seems scary but like it's gonna be fine like you're gonna like like everybody experiences these things and it's gonna be fine and you're gonna be fine with the exception of that scene in the car which is one of those things that like actually does happen to you know like quite a few people and like it is way more normal than that but like that's not really something the film kind of says like you know, it's it's hard and scary, but it's normal to feel that way. You know, like it's normal. Yeah, uh, yeah. I 
it's we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll talk about that scene in greater detail later. We'll yes, we'll we'll get to that of course. later. Um, for now, really let's get it. back to the game. Uh, let's get back to the game. We played yes. Rotten Tomatoes, Price is Right. Uh, so let's go through this. Eighth grade. I said eighty-five. You said ninety-one. Okay. Tomato meter score is ninety-nine. Wow. Good. Good for this movie. Can I throw out a hot take? What is that? I feel like if this film came out, this is 2018, yeah? Uh, yes, yes. If this film came out two years later, um, the tomato meter score would be lower because there would have been people being like, this thing's so woke. <laughs> like, 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 I am honestly... That is interesting. <laughs> I am honestly surprised that it is that high, not because it doesn't deserve mm-hmm. to be that high, but because I'm honestly shocked that there isn't some shithead guy out there. There aren't more shithead guys out there that are just like, I don't know why we're like, th- this is stupid. Like, this is overdramatic. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm very surprised that 99% of critics walked out and agreed on a thumbs up here's, for this one. Here's my take on that is that the vast majority of those shithead guys that would have those thoughts also had a pretty rough time in middle school. So they probably related to it on that. But I I do feel (laughs) like they would refuse. They'd be like, they'd be like, why are we trying to empathize with children? And like, whatever, like this film. Yeah, she's looking at all. Yeah. It's so hard to look at Instagram. This film is an anti-boy. This film is so anti-man because it's about a girl. Like, like really, like, I I, I say this, like, kind of facetiously, but, like, I really, really do think that. Like, if this film comes out two years later, uh, people, I'm surprised that it it is that high. I also deserve to be. other... The other reason that it would not be that high two years later is because COVID and I, I, kids are, are even weirder now post COVID. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Have you talked to a child recently? They're all weird. Like, and I say that with all due love and respect. Like, I'm not trying to Ben Shapiro them and say that they like need to, I don't know, get back to traditional value. It's just, it's weird. Like we, (laughs) you know. Uh, whatever. So, uh, good job. You won that round. Thank you. Uh, good job, 8th grade. Critics consensus. 8th grade takes a look at its titular time period that offers a rare and resounding ring of truth while heralding breakthroughs for writer-director Bo Burnham and captivating star Elsa Fisher. Uh, also, I'll say this kind of works as a period piece. This is so much about, like, 2014 to 2019. So much about the latter half of the tens. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think I would agree with that overall. Um, I think I would say maybe, maybe less of a period piece, um, and more because I am older than this character. Like in twenty eighteen, like in twenty, like this is very much about a a girl who has Snapchat in middle school. Like, that's even, like, a plot point in the that's film. The, yeah, that's a joke. That and, yeah. you know, we didn't have smartphones when I was in middle school. But I do feel like it It does have this really good way about it of, like, I am watching that. I'm like, oh, my God, that is what being on Instagram. That is exactly what being on Instagram is like. That is exactly what being on Snapchat is like. And also, like, and that is exactly what it feels like to be, how old are you in eighth grade? 12, 13? 
Yeah. And like, I experienced all of those things very divorced from one another. And yet I do relate to it. So I, I, I think while it, it might be less of a period piece in more of just like a very, very present, like, um, like a very, a very uh, smart observation that could only be made in that exact time. If that makes sense. I, I agree with you. I see you. It's, uh, it's of its moment. It's a movie that's of its moment. Yeah, for sure. Um, next film for Rotten Tomatoes. High School Musical 3, Senior Year. Oh, I'm so fascinated yeah. where this one falls. We went from the end of middle school to the beginning, or end of middle school to the end of high school. Um, I said 55, you said 43, and the tomato meter score for critics is 64. Okay, wow. So we were close. So we, were I, dark. we had our finger on yeah. the pulse, but... Yeah, yeah. I got that one. Uh, critics consensus. It won't min it won't win many converts, but High School Musical 3 is bright, energetic, and well-crafted. Have you ever seen High School Musical 3, Caroline? Yeah, a couple times. Really? Yeah, I mean, I saw it in theaters, and then I was a theater major in college, so I watched it multiple times then, and then I feel like uh, I feel like there was a moment in like the last few years when um when we were still like quarantining but we were like okay like we can kind of be a little bit more open with like we can maybe see a few more people um where like me and my friends watched a lot of like the like you know just the disney movies and i was i was not a high school musical kid um but a lot of my friends were. And so this was one of the many ones we watched is over the course of COVID. We watched the, uh, we watched all three. All right. Damn. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, do you like it? What's your favorite one of the trilogy? Um, I, I think my favorite is the first one. Um, Cause I do think it's the last movie. Well, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. I don't like any of them though. I, I gotta be honest. I don't like any of them. Yeah. <gasps> Makes sense. Uh, okay. Third film, Van Wilder, freshman year. Oh now we're just, we're only going up one year. We're going from the end of high school to the beginning of college. <laughs> Do you remember my fear when we recorded the A that this wasn't going to have a critics, critics consensus? Correct. Uh, yeah, it does not. <laughs> does it have a score at all, though? It has an audience score, so we can go off the yeah, audience score. let's just score do the audience score. Okay. Yeah, because there are Four critics reviews. Not enough for a full consensus, I guess. Uh, there are a thousand plus audience ratings, though. Okay, amazing. Um, so the uh, I said 20, you said 16, and the audience score is 31. Insanity. I Insanity. Cannot, I cannot believe I pulled this win out. I cannot wow. believe it. Congratulations. Uh, you needed a win. You needed to win this season. So. I, did, I really did need a win. That's true. I think that's going to be... I just opened the four critics reviews of this movie. Do you want to hear, you want to hear one of them? Yeah. Lay it on me. Uh, rotten review. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, for two types of people, those with softcore porn addictions and teenagers who really think how college is portrayed, who really think college is how it is portrayed in the movies. That is a stellar pull quote. Congratulations. Pretty, pretty good. Glad I found that one. Um, What's your favorite of the Van Wilder films, Caroline? You want to talk about Van Wilder? Um, I don't think I've ever seen any of them in their entirety. 
I, Noor? I was a bit of a Comedy Central teen. Um, and I think even for me, uh, the first Van Wilder on Comedy Central, even for like a 16 year old was like pretty fucking really not good. I don't know yeah. that I've ever actually seen any of them all the way through. Yeah, it is, uh, one of those, one of those movie franchises that I'm like, oh, you know, there's so many of those horrible sex comedies in the early 2000s that have these long tales, you know, all the, the, the 12 American Pie sequels. But you're like, well, I I get it. Like that came out at such a moment. You can just keep reproducing these things endlessly at low budgets. Um, I don't know a single person who's seen Van Wilder. That is one that like, I I am fully convinced that every single one of these movies is some kind of money laundering scheme. A hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. Well, back to it. Eighth grade. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Oh, God. I'm I'm still stressed. A day later, I'm like still a little, little on edge. See, okay, that's interesting. Can I can I throw out a hot take? And I don't mean to throw you or any of like my beloved friends and family under the bus when I say this. No, I would. I I, I, I fully expect this episode to get a little personal. So yes, please do. I kind of feel like this film is a litmus test for if you've had enough therapy. <laughs> ooh, ooh, yeah, maybe. Because I've heard so many people talk about how devastating this movie is and like how just like fucked up and like and i do feel like if i saw this movie in 2018 as like a 24 year old i think i I would have pulled my hair out however i really like i i think it's a really good choice on the part of bo burnham like i i love the kind of framing of you know, like before she does anything or right after she's done something, she gives like the, the self-help like uh, tips, uh, the tip videos, I think are like really, really well done and smart. Um, and so it is like from square one, we understand that this is a character who is dealing with hard things and dealing with things that we've all dealt with, but is to the best of her ability, trying to cope with them and trying to process them. And I think that like that gives a lot of um, to me that like that like belies a sense of like, okay, this is eventually going to be okay, especially too, because it is about the eighth grade. And like we, we, we joked about it at the beginning of this episode where we're just like universally eighth grade is the worst year, like universally eighth grade is the worst year of your fucking life. Like unless some horrible personal tragedy happens in a different year that trumps all of the horrible things in the eighth grade, like just the, 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 the experience of going to eighth grade every day for a year is the worst of the 13 you've got to do in the public school system. (laughs) And so it is this thing where it's like, you know, I, I feel, I felt so much empathy for her and I felt so much sympathy for her because I was like, Oh my God, I've been that kid. Like, Oh my God. Like I, I remember that feeling but that doesn't rule my life anymore. So I just like have this thing from square one in this film of just like, this is a very difficult to watch somebody have to go through. But like, I know because I've grown up that like, it, it's going to be okay. Yeah. That's why I'm a 27 year old middle schooler because I see her go through those <laughs> things and I immediately regress back and I'm like, Oh God, Oh God, don't look at me. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. Like it's it's so raw. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, I don't feel like, 
like I am thrown back to that era. I am thrown back to that yeah. time. I very viscerally, viscerally remember a lot of these experiences and relate to this character. But at the same time, I'm just like, well, of course you want to like crawl out of your skin. You're in the eighth grade. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I'm just like, I'm just like, I'm just like, yeah, that sucks. But isn't it great that like we all felt that and now we like don't feel those things anymore? Like, I bet she's going to be fine. I bet she's going to be so <sighs> fine. She'll, she'll be fine. Kayla will be fine. Like, that's the end of the movie. Is exactly. Basically, you know, she's going to be fine but i almost wept when she said in that last speech i can't wait to be you um that i know just speaking to that like i felt empathy and sympathy for her but i know that i'm on the other side of that when she said i can't wait to to be you i wanted to just weep it was like the most intensely i've felt emotions that quickly watching a movie um just because it was so it speaks to what you're saying like it's something that we all feel ingrained in our souls but we're not there but we still feel it viscerally because we're we might as well be there 110 percent. yeah yeah the like i want to be a more self-realized and adult version of myself yeah it's yeah. a it's a, it's a it's a it's a big want in life. I get that. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's go back to the beginning. Let's talk yes. to the plot a little bit. Yes. Um, so it starts out in as you said, you know, basically every um, every every string of scenes, every every major plot beat uh, begins and ends with one of these YouTube videos that Kayla's doing. Um, in the diegesis of the film, she, like, makes YouTube videos, which becomes very important for kind of the the broader themes about, like, okay, well, this is... These kids are not really seeing each other in real life. They're seeing themselves and others as they are reflected on the internet and on devices, and that being a major through line in the film. Like, given that, like, literally the first image of the film is, like, her captured in the viewfinder of her laptop is, you know, that's yeah, the mirror it's through brilliant. she's... It's, brilliant. it's really smart and simple and... Um, so she's get she, you know, and every single one of these videos, she's giving, giving advice that like she needs, you know, she's either at, at its worst, it's, she's kind of fully positioning herself as somebody who is a more confident person who can like deal with these issues that she's coming up with, or like literally putting herself in the position of like other girls in her class. Um, and, like, at its most real, she is, like, falling apart and kind of letting the mask slip. I mean, the yeah. mask is always slipping. There is no no time in any of these videos in which she's, like, 100% in control of her own persona. Right. Well, I mean, I think it's, I think it's, I, I, I think it is this thing that, like, Bo Burnham, more so than, like, I don't know, fucking maybe anybody on the planet, like, understands this, like, understands, like, so much of the unspoken like subtext of social media um mm-hmm. in a way that like i think i mean it's it's one of those things where it's like it's so obvious and it's so clear what he's doing but how he distills it down into something so 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 simple is like really 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 impressive so like like i mean i think like the very first note i wrote down and i think he does this a lot in inside too like he really um 
is able to hone in on like these tiny little tidbits of how we interact via social media and like really use them to make a really devastating point. But the first thing I wrote down is the cold open of her being like, Hey guys, like I need you to share this video. I need more views. I need more people to be watching these. Anyway, here's my life advice. It just like, and and the fact that it's like first of all it's an eighth grader so like what does she know about like life but the fact that it's it's just the most generic just the most um like the most like you know like presentation on confidence from your like from your seventh grade guidance counselor there's yeah. no originality there's no nothing there like it's she's just like she's telling on herself so hard. She's telling on herself so, 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 so hard. And it's amazing. It's a really, really good open. And it's it's like a good encapsulation. Like you're saying, Caroline, in that scene, there is also that encapsulation of like what social media is fundamentally, which is like this machine that we plug into in order to fill a need really quickly. Like it's literally you put yourself on the thing and you're just like, I need, I need, I need. Like give me give me a like or give me validation or give me a heart or give me a thing so that I feel good. But the way that you fulfill that need is by portraying a version of yourself that does not need, that is that is fundamentally way more confident and way more put together and is a more relaxed and and more complete version of your own persona. And it's it's every bit of social media is this weird paradox. Yeah, no, 110%. Yeah, it's it's the oh god, it's so weird. It's YouTube is so weird, Instagram is so weird, and that's uh, what this fucking movie is. Um, so she's yeah, not getting any views, of course. She's some it's it's a weird pitch for a YouTube channel, I'll say. To be like, what's my YouTube channel? Uh, just kind of general life advice, right? But like, but also, yeah. but I mean, that's that's the whole thing that I find to be like so funny too, because that is really true about like about young people especially like the the things they create because you know and like no shade like creativity of any form like you have to start somewhere like like go off like go off queen um also she's not real she's fictional but um but you know it's this thing like it's like you know if you look back on like the shit you were writing in like in in like eighth grade like poetry class or like eighth grade english class in your poetry unit it's like you're writing about like like the most lofty ideals of like love and like all of this stuff. And you're writing about like these giant things that like you actually have no experience with whatsoever. You are actually just parroting, parroting things that you have heard because you don't actually like your brain hasn't fully formed yet. Like you don't fucking like know these things. Caroline. Corey's smiling because he knew me in the eighth grade. Oh, that's, I mean, okay uh no i was gonna say do you remember the uh one act that i wrote for my final senior project of high school oh Corey, i sure do i was really hoping that's what you were gonna say and do you remember Corey? you giving me the script i believe i was like the first person who like read it who wasn't you and i was like and i was like Corey, it's genius like it's brilliant (laughs) like yeah like like you you really nail every single beat um and Carson, a, a peek, small peek behind the curtain. Um, all, uh, I think the experience of this one act play can be summed up by uh, the woman who is now my wife uh, played my mom. 
A great sentence, first off. The woman who's now my wife, go on. Played the character who was based off of my mother, and she had a two-page monologue in which I really tried to work out all my mommy issues. Spoilers, it didn't work. (laughs) You were trying. That's the important thing. That's the important thing. The entire time, the entire... I just... just I just went blind for like um, <laughs> uh, like two seconds. And that's the thing is that is what Corey made in the 12th grade. Like, yeah, 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 110%. I mean, yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Yes, I do remember that. I do remember that. But the that. whole time you were talking, I mean, that's all know, I can think about was you're like, yeah, this is it. This is, I have cracked the code. And then you look back and you're like, why didn't no one stop me? Yeah, like, wh- how did I write, like, a bad after-school special? Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, it's so funny. Um, all right, she goes to school. Uh, the school scenes are similarly really simple, really effective. It's, so, okay, something I want to I flag here, yes. both in terms of, like, both the physical spaces in this movie and the online spaces in this movie, there is, I'm going to use some big fucking words, there's a, there is an incredible verisimilitude in every single mm. scene. Uh, I, I really appreciate that every one of these houses looks like a house that people actually live in. Like yeah. something watching at this time, I was like, really, I was like, wow, this is, and it should not be this difficult, but like, I feel like you see a lot of movies that take place in the modern day that completely whiff this, like Kayla and her dad's house. It just looks like a house. Like it, like that, that's, that seems like a crazy thing to say, but it just, it, like, that is what houses look like. That, that, that's what like a single dad's house would look like. It'd be that level of messy. It would be like, you know, yeah, there'd like be like disgusting, that but just like ground. cluttered. Yeah. yeah. Like, the, there's the moment, uh, like the dinner scene when it's like, they're sitting at the very long table yeah. and yeah. very clearly like kind of like they picked it up and they moved it down to the end of the table to clear where they're going to yeah. eat. It's just like, you know, like notebooks yeah. like i think like a laptop and a mouse or whatever whatever it is yeah. just like stuff that would like, be on your kitchen table yeah kayla's dad was doing some work from home and he was like you know whatever he was writing some emails and then he had to make dinner so he picked it up and put it away yeah it's like it's stuff like that and like similarly all the like anytime you see like kids texting or especially like kids the pictures they post on instagram and the comments they leave on each other's instagram I don't know that I've ever seen what feels like a more accurate depiction of what kids actually fucking say. Yeah. Like every single time I see like a piece of media try and represent an online space like that, it always feels wrong. It's not the Steve Buscemi. Hello, fellow kids meme. Yeah. yeah 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 the um the moment uh, when she gets an instagram dm that says my mom said i had to invite you so this is me doing that is like doing that incredible incredible or like the little background detail of she's looking at um i don't remember the name of the character but that girl who invites her to the party she's looking at her uh, profile and she sees the comment that the boy that she likes left on it and it's like he misspelled a word and he didn't delete the comment. He just correctly spelled the word in a separate comment under it. Yeah, it's, it is a level of detail that is uh, yeah. great. Yeah. That's, yeah, that like clearly, you know, both, I, you know, the, the, um, the location 
you know, the location scouts and the, and the production designers. And Bo is a director, clearly. Clearly, this is his fascination in this movie is like he wants to represent these online spaces like accurately. And I think that really, that really helps the movie. It makes it feel way more real and way more visceral. 110%. Um, yeah, goes to school. She gets voted most quiet. Okay, I wanted to ask you y'all this. Did, did, did you get voted for any like, seniors? I was second place for best school? actor. So That's fucked up. That's fucked up. Yeah. Superlatives are the most fucked up thing in the world. And that is fucked up, Corey, and I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I did get my classes, uh, you know, like best, like best actor. For I thought you were about to say just like best person. No, no, could you imagine? I thought you were going to be no, like class. I, yeah, we just had like you know, we just had like the the. Basically, it was just like yeah. Basically, it was just like who's the most drama club kid, and I did yeah. get the most drama club kid. Basically, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no. So um, yeah, that was the only that was like the only one I was even like remotely in contention for. Like, I don't think I don't know that anybody even. I don't know that a single other of the 600 students in my class would have written down my name for any of the other awards once. It is. I think there's this difference between me and you two because you guys did go to a high school that literally had a class size that was 10 times as large Mm. as mine. Yes. 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 Um, Yeah. 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 My, I, I mean, I say this all the time. My high school graduating class is bigger than my college graduating class. By like two hundred people, wild. That's yeah, crazy. Um, fantastic. Okay, uh, moving right along. Uh, the pool. Let's talk about the pool. Um, that I'm. Tr- I think that's the next to the scene in the car, which is the most viscerally scary scene. I think that this is the. That's the one. Her having the panic attack in the bathroom is like the. That's the worst thing in this movie to me. That's the thing that makes yeah. me feel the worst. No, for sure. Yeah. No, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, no, but also, like, it's so normal. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. Like, it's, like, of course, like, that's, because that's the thing, right? Is, like, is, like, I feel like, I feel like, like, in other films, like, this, this film goes to such lengths to, like, portray these kids as like real like you know because so because so many things that 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 deal with like kids that deal with like high schoolers and middle schoolers like they they write them almost like they're adults and like it's kind of like funny and they're like smarter than anything and this film does spend so much of its effort making them feel so real and making them feel so relatable and like actually empathizing with like where these people would be developmentally at this age Mm -hmm. and it's like when i mean when she said a fucking pool party she's like we're having a party at my pool i'm like well i already know exactly what that scene is gonna be and it doesn't take away from like the scene's impact but like it is just that thing of like of course she's gonna go and feel like extremely self-conscious like everybody there is like is is feeling that way and yeah like i mean it's a great scene and like the i mean i love that she meets her like her fellow weird friend who is just like you want to see how long i can hold my or like do you want to have an underwater breath holding contest that oh, kid, that, that I, kid is I, at every pool party. Like that kid is at every, pool, at every party. pool party. That kid, that kid is at every pool party, and then he gets out of the water and he goes, "Do you have games in your phone?" And you're like, "Uh, no, sorry." Like, do you have that games kid. on your phone? He's that's a do you have games yeah. on your phone kid? Like that's how you describe that kind of 100%. kid. Like, no, you're you're not wrong. You are not wrong. 
makes a rickety does a rick and morty voice oh my god that was very that was that was the most upsetting part of the film for me no (laughs) you've seen asteroid city right Oh, oh, I, Cora, I was about to say, as soon as that kid popped out of the water and took his goggles off, I went, Asteroid City! Like, in, like out loud, I just said it. Yeah, it like, kind of plays the same character in both. Yeah, but he's, it's, the, yeah, no, exactly. He's just yeah. the high school version of the yeah. same guy in Asteroid City. Yeah, exactly. It's just he's now old enough and he's a super genius that wants to explore exactly. the stars. God, what a good movie. Um, all right. Uh, yeah, that kid's great. Uh, to your point, we got to talk about him. To your point earlier, Caroline, Aiden. I love the way they portray Aiden in this movie. I think it's incredible. Um, because it really, it's to the thing you're saying. Like, there is no, we are not writing these kids as adults. We are not idealizing them. Uh, to that point, I think it's really interesting. that There's a lot of effort being put towards like you feel the weight of like the social stratification in the high school through Kayla's eyes. Like you clearly understand how, how heavy it weighs upon her that she is not a cool kid, that she does not exist in that same social strata. um, And like what that means for her, but the movie does not ever idealize the cool kids. The cool kids are like, also pretty fucking lame because they're all 13. No, 110%. Like, it's, every time she sees Aiden, it does, like, the the Fast Times at Ridgemont High, like, slow everything down and play, like, a funky beat thing. It's always when he's doing, like, the dumbest. Yeah. Like, dumbest 14-year-old boy shit you've ever seen in your life, and you're just like, this guy? Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I guess if you're a 13-year-old girl, that's the kind of boy you're into. But, like, it's just a dumb 13-year-old kid. Yeah. No, 110%. And, like, it's, I mean, it is one of those things where, um, yeah, I mean, like, they they do go to such great lengths to portray these children as they actually, like, would be in these scenarios. So it is that thing of just, like, you understand her desire to want to be a cool kid solely through, like, kind of, like, your own eyes as, like, a middle schooler. It's like, well, I wanted to be, like, I, I like I want to be one of the cool kids. Um, um, I think there's literally a, a like a like a top 100 song right now that's just like I wish that I could be like the cool kids. Like that's literally a song on the radio that you can hear right now, and it's like, that, yeah. Did that song come out now, or is that song come out like five years? Well, ago? it probably did come out like five years ago, but I'm <laughs> old and I don't listen to the radio. Um, I'm a thousand, and 2018 was last year. Um, yeah. But, you know, like, it is that thing where, like, um, like, you... Sorry, that song was 10 years ago. <laughs> was it really? Are you fucking kidding me? So that, wait, that song came out when I was in high school? Wow, that's that hurts, um, actually. Uh, yeah, 2013, that's insane. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, it is that thing where it's like, you you understand her so much purely through, like, casting your own mind back to being in her shoes. Um, because the film doesn't actually portray these kids as cool. They It portrays them as weird, gangly, awkward teenagers. And it's like, you know, I see, um, you know, I see Kennedy, right? Like, I, I see this girl and I understand that she has the signifiers of what the cool kids are, which is like, she looks rich, right but like i i I look at her and i'm just like i i i I feel that like i feel that same like kind of like pity slash empathy for her because i'm just like 
you know, here's a girl who is like, you know, like wearing a ton of makeup is wearing like very like cool, like, like quote unquote cool, like expensive clothing. Like, like her hair Mm -hmm. is like so done up, but I'm like, but she looks like a 12 year old trying to be like, trying to like putting on a costume, like trying to wear her mom's clothing. You know what I mean? Like it's like, it's like you can tell how hard she's trying and how none of it is organic. And so it's like, I understand that she's cool coded because she's rich but I do not find her to be like, like nothing about her. Like I, I do say like, Oh honey, you are going to look back on that in five years and be so appalled. Like you are going to delete every, every single one of these photos from Instagram. Like when you are in high school, because like you look like a, you know, you look like a child who doesn't know what she's doing. Cause she is a child who doesn't know what she's doing. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Two things. One that begs the question that I think also fits into the movie's themes of like, God, why are we giving these children Instagram? Like there should be no, like daily marker of who you are in middle school. That's horrible. Like, why would you want to, you probably want to keep like it's in the movie offers the alternative of like, well, you can come to something like a time capsule. Like you can leave something of yourself, go away and come back to it and see how far you've come. Um, But like, God, like the daily minutia of who you are as really as anybody, there's an amount to like, do we really need to be constantly kind of, reinforcing our own identities online this much all the time anyway but like especially when you you haven't even developed yourself as a person yet like that's probably not good for you one i i always think like god we're going to look back at this movie in 50 years and it's going to be like we're going to see those scenes of them all in the in the in the high school or in the middle school classrooms like on their phones and it's going to be like when we watch a movie from the 50s and all the kids are smoking cigarettes like it's uh, probably so clearly just something that they shouldn't be doing. It is in no way good for them, but we're like, right. yeah, sure. Whatever. Go right ahead. Keep out of trouble. It's like one of those things um, where it's like we're going to look back and be like, that was child neglect. Like letting yeah, like a smartphone is like negligent parenting. Yeah. God, it's, it's the thing, but like, and, and then in addition to that, I mean, it's something that when the movie came out, a lot of the marketing was around this and a lot of the, the Burnham interviews, I remember like, they were putting a lot of emphasis on um, they wanted to cast kids that were the actual age. Like Elsie Fisher was like 14 years old when they made the movie. Yeah. Um, And that is both like a kind of cool tip of the hat filmmaking thing. Like, look at me, I'm a up and coming young filmmaker. I like put effort into my casting, but also it does make a difference. It makes an enormous difference because not going to spoil what it is, but we're going to talk about a movie next week that has the opposite thing going on where we are so used to like high school movies in which all the high schoolers are played by people in their late twenties. Yeah. Um, and that I don't think is like a inherently a bad thing. I think it gives those movies a lot of leeway to do things that they could not do if the people were actually underage. But just it, by putting someone in that role that is an actually developed full person and having them play someone who is regressed in age, uh, there is something about the quality of that that you, you you just you can't get by, you know that you can't get when you put like an actual kid in there. No, hundred kids are so weird. Kids are so fucking weird. Like just put a kid on screen and they're weird. No, like a hundred percent. And I mean, like there is there is this. I mean, like. 
it's this whole thing with art, right? Like you can, you can attack things from so many different ways based on like the way you want to like portray things, the way you want to investigate things, the way you want to like, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and we, uh, I'm not sure exactly when this, uh, when this episode is dropping versus some other things, but like we recently recorded like a, a little TikTok about the Barbie movie in which I was talking about this, um, this uh person who like was engaging with the question of like why is barbie so 101 like like and the answer is well it not because it's trying to teach you something you like didn't already know but because like the experience of watching somebody go through the same thing you did is validating to you right and i think that's like one of the really important things with this film because you know, other high school films. Um, like I think it's I think it's really cool and interesting and neat to um do high school films where they are played by adults and you get to you know, you get into this like melodrama of like, well, this is what it felt like. You know what I mean? Like, like we thought like, you know, like this is this is you know, kind yeah. of like letting us explore like the narratives that we created around it. Where a film like this is cathartic, not because you are like not because I needed to learn that we all secretly had our, like our own body issues when we went to the pool party, but it's so cathartic and validating to be like, I remember being that kid. I remember being the kid who like, didn't want to go to the pool party because of like how they felt they were going to look. Right. Mm -hmm. And like seeing it portrayed so realistically is like, so like genuinely cathartic in that way of just like, it's like literally all of these people, it's Bo Burnham, it's all of these like kids, it's everybody who put their time and effort into this movie looking you in the eye and saying like, hey, like you are real. And like the things you experienced, those happened. And like, yeah. And either like, you know, again, kind of like what I mentioned kind of at the top of this, like maybe a litmus test of if you, <laughs> whether or not you've done enough therapy, but it's just like, and, and it's like, and it's okay that it devastated you. It's like one thing that that could tell you. And then the other thing is like, and look how far you've come. Like, look at how much you've healed. Like you thought that was going to be like the worst thing in the world. And it was back then. But like now, cause like I spent so much of this movie, like the, the hardest I laughed in this entire movie is when the dad says what's in that box and she says oh nothing just my hopes and dreams i tackled because it's like it's like oh yeah i remember being that kid i absolutely was was that was that melodramatic as a kid like absolutely that like unshamefully melodramatic um caroline i just want to say i i i don't know i think i think if i build my mojo dojo casa house big enough do think that my memories of middle school will disappear. That is true. I, I do think that that is a true fact. The thing is, is if you acquire enough stuff, if you become yeah. like uh, rich and successful enough, you can yeah. actually bury all of the unhealed things from your inner child. That is true. Yeah, no, that's that's true. You can bury them with money and esteem and and muscles and cars and girls. That's and like yeah, and home. and if you're if you're if you're really smart about it, and you just if you keep everyone else at an arm's length to where they can't see any of those things underneath you, yeah, then neither you nor them will ever have to deal with. It. that's a cool thing that's true that's the cool that's thing the about coolest thing life. being a being a person yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> all right uh, a couple more things in the plot here uh she does the shadow program meets olivia mm-hmm. immediately the most comforting thing 
because again, I think we've all been there too, where when you're an older person and somebody comes to you and you can see that they have the, they have the fear, they have the, they have the fucking anxiety. Yeah. And you're just like, you're cool. You're fine. You're cool. You're a cool kid. It's, it's fine. Like, just calm down. You'll be okay. Yeah. And, and they're like, really? And you're like, yeah, I, yeah, you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. You know, cause even like Olivia's like what? They're like 16. They're like two years older than she is. They like, said even, four, yeah. They said they're four years older. Oh, they're seniors. Yeah. Okay. Um, but like even that little amount of time, especially, I mean, God, especially in your adolescence, like every single year is so much growth when you're that young. Oh, of course. Um, yeah. You are such an entirely different person every four years, every one of those four years of high school. Um, but just that she can see, like, yeah, she's like a normal kid. She's cool. She knows how to talk. She has cool overalls. That's cool. You know, she's like not trying to bury her in the, in the shame that Kayla's burying herself in, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, so do we, do we want to talk about the, we want to talk about the scene then? Because that's the immediate, like... Yeah, yeah. And I mean, if you've gotten this far on the podcast, I'm assuming you've seen the film. But there is a scene uh, that's, like, you know, uh, trigger warning for, like, sexual trauma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Content warning there. Um, Yeah. Not a... A scene that I think is fascinating and scary, not because it is particularly... Trying to think of a good word to describe it. It It is not very visceral it is all talking fundamentally mm-hmm. it's not violent in any way it is not sexually it's violent. Not physically violent but um, yeah not that, sure 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 yeah. sure yeah there's some emotional violence i know what you mean there, yeah 100 percent. Um, but the uh, like so much of this movie the thing about it that is so scary is that it feels so true to life you're like yeah no that is actually how that would probably happen it yeah is, yeah and I think, I don't know. I mean, like, again, uh, we talk about this, bef- we talk about this on the show all the time. Like there's, there's no, for the most part, like there's a film is not good nor bad, nor ethical, nor like immoral for um, just choosing to portray a certain thing. It's mm-hmm. when something of our experiences as humans is like repeated over and over and over again. And it's the only way it's represented on film. Um, I think one of the things that is so upsetting about this scene is one, we don't see this in film a lot. Um, We don't see this, like we don't see this coercion that is wrong and is awful and is terrifying and all that stuff. Um, but eventually like, you know, like, I mean, she says, no, she says, stop. And like, he's annoying and he's being a fucking pest about it. And he's being, and he's absolutely exerting like his status is like, I'm older than you. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it stops Mm -hmm. and like, it's this really difficult thing to watch because like, it never gets physically violent, it, but like, you know, that like for some people it does, you know, like for some people it doesn't stop yeah. here. And there's that, like that looming implication of that. Um, and also it like, it, it creates that thing of just like, 
it's unfortunate how how normalized that is um and it's unfortunate that like you as the audience are kind of just like yeah like that's seems very very real to life very true a thing that many people we know and for some of us ourselves have gone through and then like but it's so small you know yeah it's like she does go home and she does fucking sob about it which she should or she can't i guess i should say not should yeah um perfectly reasonable reaction but it's just like it's just this thing that happens and it's done and it's over and it's uh very very upsetting i don't know like it is no yeah that's uh, to that point caroline i think it's yeah I was going to say the magic of it, which does not feel like an appropriate word to describe that scene. But the, right. the the thing about it that I think is so smart is that like it, it of course, like it is the greatest bit of trauma that Kayla goes through in the movie. And it, and it's really, and it's placed in a really particular part in the, in the movie's plot. And that like, just when she gets to this point where she's starting to feel more comfortable, she has these older friends. That is when there's this negative thing that happens. That's when it kind of comes out from under her. And there's this like weird, weird fucking price that she has to pay for all of that. It's all fucked up. But like, it feels, it, it feels awkward and scary in a way that is not, that is more intense, but is not dissimilar from the ways that everything else feels awkward. 100%. It feels like it is of a piece with that. 100%. Despite the fact that it is more. And then that makes you then kick around in your own noggin and in your own brain, like, uh, it makes you kick around that question of just like, like, what does it say about me? What does it say about our society? What does it say about the way we're raising our kids? That like, yeah. that can be, that experience can be as normal, like portrayed as normal as all these other universal experiences. Um, and we, we as the audience we don't call that out in our brain, right? Like we don't say like, we don't view that. Like we don't watch this movie and people don't walk away from this movie going, well, the thing about the the thing about eighth grade is like, overall, it's a pretty good movie, but like they should have given more weight to the, to like the sexual trauma portion of the film, you know, where we're kind of like, well, it makes, it makes perfect sense that that would be in there just as normalized. And like, it's something we do talk about, but it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel disrespectful or dismissive as an audience member, which that itself says a lot. And I feel like we could pick up that question right there for a fucking hour. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, like it is a, it is a condemnation. I think also of just the way that we raise boys in society that we raise boys in that like the dudes like the guy's argument at one okay one the way he goes about doing it is it's it's a horrible like awkward like shadow reflection because like this guy is so fucking weird and awkward like clear like the way that that actor is playing the scene is with a complete lack of confidence about what he's doing um totally like that does not make that does not make the situation less scary it does not make it less less horrifying for kayla because we're in her shoes but it reflects the fact that, like, it does not take some 
I think oftentimes in movies when they, you know, movies when they kind of portray sexual assault and sexual coercion, it's done by these, it's weirdly, it's in a way that empowers the man who does it. You know, that's always kind of the, the, the weird two-sided thing that you're dealing with of like, well, in order for a man to go through these things, he has to be very powerful in order to overpower the right. woman or, yeah. you know, very, very slick in order to coerce her. Um, and that's not the case. This is a fucking, like a high school senior who's a, who's just some weird, awkward, unconfident kid. And he's going about doing this in the most weird ass roundabout fucking odd way possible. And he's not, and again, it comes down to like, he's not doing it because he's some criminal mastermind and he's some evil guy. He's just got this fucking like whack ass ideology about like, what you know about like what women owe him obviously and like and he thinks he's doing her a favor and like obviously that's what he says but i think that he's as much as that is a cover-up for what his true intentions are there's part of him that fucking believes that and that's horrible you know yeah obviously we can we know that as an audience but it feels true to life feels like something that a high school boy would actually say like that would actually be the fucking psychology that would happen there yeah, I don't, I actually don't think he on any level believes that, but like, I do yeah. think that it, it is exactly a thing that that person would say. Like, I do 100% yeah. believe that like, he would say that to get out of that situation. But like, I don't, like, I right. watched that scene and like, it, I mean, it does very much feel like a child, like, on the fly making up an excuse for their actions. You know what I mean? It's like, well, actually, like, I'm not the bad guy because, like, actually, like, uh, if you really think about it, and it's like, it's like, shut the fuck up. Like, there was none of that in, there was none of that in your actions five minutes ago. Like, none of that was, like, visible. You're just saying that to cover your own ass. But, like, yes, but I do see what you, but it does feel very real. It does exactly feel like something that a kid like that would say. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And, yeah, and it's, uh, it's really, uh, it's a, it's rough it's rough um but it is a really good fucking scene in a really good movie like it's it's yeah and yeah then she goes home she burns the time capsule pretty shortly thereafter Mm -hmm. um just also i mean uh the just gonna just going to intentionally and not no way to be tone deaf lighten the mood using this as a conscious time to like, let's bring the mood up a little bit. Um, best dad in the world. Just oh, the dad. Jesus, man. Oh, ju- literally, Josh Hamilton is my day. Just a, just a guy. Literally in the uh, dinner scene, I wrote down in my notes. I, I, I want to read it verbatim, not because the wording is good, but I just want to make sure that I, that I do say it properly. I wrote down in my notes. I said, um, I said, yo, I love her dad. Is he single? and then later we do the scene we have the scene where she's like burning the thing and he's like Mm -hmm. giving her like this amazing speech and the note i wrote down is he seems single (laughs) yeah but like her her mom left is what he says yeah exactly exactly he seems single but and that's and that's i think too a thing that i really like about this movie and a thing that gave me a lot of comfort watching it to kind of give me this, like, this kind of, like, thesis, this kind of take that I have where I'm like, yeah, I felt, like, a lot of empathy for her. I felt a lot of sympathy for her. But, like, 
this film didn't hurt me that much because I kind of knew it was all going to be okay was because the dad was so good. And I like was really yeah. afraid that this was going to be like, you know, one of those stories where it's just like, you know, and little did we know, like her home life was shattered or like, you know, little did we know she was being neglected or whatever it may be. Like, I, I love that like there is just a really really good dad like a really good dad you were afraid that it was going to be like showgirls and like every man no matter how good they seem in the moment they're going to turn out to be some horrible evil you person. know i can honestly say at no point watching this movie did i think yeah no at no point did i don't I know what like that's that. i had two references pop into my mind and it was showgirl showgirls and mary queen of scots and i figured that more people would have seen this as showgirls <laughs> that's the one that i went with um yeah it's uh, I'll, I'll tell you uh watching that movie with my mother uh that's also during that scene you just you look in your mom's next to you and you start crying a little harder you know um yeah yeah, yeah. uh yeah he's good it's a great performance uh i, I think that the 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 cool thing about it to me uh, both the performance and the way the character is written is that like he is a deeply imperfect guy. Like he is not some Tom Hanks, America's dad sort of, right. you know, angel on a pedestal. Like he gets snippy with her. He he can be short. He can be, you know, he can be a little dismissive at times. He can be whatever. But like fundamentally you never have any question in your mind that he loves his daughter and he genuinely wants what what is best for her and he like trusts her to make her own decisions you know no matter how much he might be there to kind of watch her and help and try and guide her like he like respects her autonomy too which is a cool thing yeah yeah um yeah so it's great uh making me making me tear up um she goes and has the weird little date with asteroid city uh he, I just, he I, okay my question is is it a date or is it literally is it a, a friend date? hang that's okay that is the question that is i i, I also thought that question i i, I think, very friendly it felt very friendly. It could just be that that kid is weird, but also the him lining up the sauces and being like, if you want a sauce, like if you want two of one sauce, that's fine. I like all the sauces. That, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. That feels a little romantic. I think me. the other indication that makes me lean date is when he leaves his uh, certificate from archery mm. camp on the table and it's just like oh oh i yes, left this exactly. here oh my gosh i left this here i'm so sorry i left this here i did hit four bullseyes actually at archery camp like yeah he's trying to impress her well, sure Aww. but like don't you try to impress your friends i mean don't you try to impress me carson no. not in that way <laughs> well i try i, I want I, both of you to think i am wildly impressive i uh, do yeah. I you're cool no i'm, I'm kidding i, I don't know cool i got i got big friend vibes from it but say love yeah yeah i also i also think because you're a woman watching it and, and like we're men watching it we're like yeah dude yeah man you're doing it good job <laughs> yeah maybe and i'm just like i'm just like yeah honey, uh, like go like go make a friend go make a friend go make a friend <laughs> oh she's barbie he's just ken um uh that's it you know i'll say is that in terms of like actual 
quality of replication of the material. Is that the worst Rick and Morty impression I've ever heard? Yes. In terms of how upset did it make me? Is that the best Rick and Morty impression I've ever heard? Yes. A hundred percent. Also, um, in terms of, uh, does it actually like, are the people, are the people who are in the space that it's happening, actually enjoying that it's happening? Oh, the best one (laughs) in the history of the planet. Yeah. Is everybody equally having a good time with this Rick and Morty impression? Yes. Um, Yeah. Oh God. Um, uh, she leaves the video message movie ends the video message for herself. Which is really cute. Uh, it's, it's so cute. It's a mirror, you know, obviously a mirror of all the YouTube videos and the, the reflection of the first one. Um, yeah, yeah, it's the thing Corey said that just, I can't wait to be you. It's so nice. It's, very, it's a very, very nice moment to end the movie on. It's very, very sweet. I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Well, um, Caroline, any other thoughts about eighth grade? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think we really, I think we really nailed that one. I think we really got all of my, uh, all of my notes. Um, nice. The only other thing that I wrote down is um, I think it's so fucking funny that when she's calling Olivia, um, mm-hmm. uh, Olivia's like, yeah, if you want to come like to the mall with me and my friends tonight and she like mutes herself and she does like her little like silent dance. And then, yeah. um, and then Olivia's like, hello, hello, are you still there? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> She's like, she's like, yeah, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm here. Like, I don't have very good reception. Am I still allowed to come? Oh, it's, yeah. It's like literally yeah. six seconds later. And she's like, she's so insecure that she thinks somebody might yeah. have redacted an invitation in the seven seconds she wasn't talking. I just found that to be very, very funny and high-key relatable. It's, uh, yeah, very, very relatable. I've, I've been there before. Uh, similarly, another, I, I, I just say another one of those little details that adds to the verisimilitude is that her name in her phone is Olivia yes. High School. <laughs> dude, <laughs> dude, to this day. That's every, no, no last names in my phone. No last names really? in my phone. Oh, interesting. Uh, not, no, not none. That's a lie. Like, like you two have your last names. Like, okay, my like top, you know, top 15 people, maybe 10. That I text. Last names. You know, long-term friends. Last names. Uh, new people that I just met. Met. First name. Description of how I know them. Oh, that 100%. Is the, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like, I have, yeah, I have so many people in my phone that's just, like, climbing gym. Or, like, one of the ones I just saw yep. was Adam's friend. And I'm just <laughs> like... Yeah. I was expressing, um, I was talking to some friends of mine from my uh, recently former place of employment, um, and I was kind not somebody who works there anymore, I will say, but somebody who worked there who I did not like very much, and I was expressing to my two friends that I did like that were my actual friends, I was like, you two in my phone have your last names. Uh, their name was just blank work and like never <laughs> got past that. Like we're not friendly enough to ever get past that level. Yeah. Love that. Uh, um, uh, Corey, do you want to tell the fine folks at home where they can find this podcast? Please make sure to like us and subscribe wherever you stream your podcasts. Leaving a review would also really help out the visibility of the show. A huge thank you to Callie McAlexander for our social media. Please make sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, all at HHYNSPod. 
A special thank you to our newest patrons. If you'd like a shout out on the show and bonus content, head over to patreon.com slash pod. The Patreon contains series on all of our favorite films, and we are about to start our series on Mel Brooks. We'd love to see you over on the Patreon, and you can get all of our content for just $5 a month. Again, that is patreon.com slash pod. Well, Caroline, what do you have for us next week? So <laughs> we're sticking with the back to school theme because it's that time of year. We're having a fun time. Um, but it is almost uh, on the on the spectrum of realistic, you know, cathartic portrayals of what this was actually like to um, stylized hyperbolic uh, um, depictions of kind of like how we all saw ourselves. This is very much on the other end of that spectrum. We are going to be watching uh, the 1995 Amy Heckerling film, Clueless. And I will say, despite the fact that in canon I have not seen that movie yet, yeah, Paul Rudd, definitely uh, how I imagine myself as my idealized <laughs> Jane Austen high school self. 100%. Um, Amazing. Um, all right. And uh, to end, I think, I mean, we all got to do it, right? Yeah. Can we do it? Gucci. Gucci. <laughs> 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 <laughs>